Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and I have a very special guest here in the mental gym with me, but I will let them introduce themselves. How you doing, guys? It's me, DM John. Uh, normally only on the Dungeon Masters block, but here for a very special episode. Yes, and we're going to tie back to episode number 145, Death of a God, which featured Aram from God's Fall. See how that all worked. And we are going to tie back also to Diamnastics number 119, But the Deities Hit the Floor. Like that classic song from Drowning Pool, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. And now you know my pop culture reference. So we ask people to grab a deity from anywhere on the forums or from Wizards of the Coast or a, de- a deity they came up with on their own and basically to kill them off and tell them how they died or how they got killed off. If there was anyone around that helped try and prevent the death and couldn't do it or any forces at work that tried to prevent their death. What happened? Why? What happened right after they died? Who Did somebody else take over their portfolio, whatever they were in control of? What happened to their portfolio? Uh, can they come back to life? If so, how? If not, why not? And then we just left it loose. Anything else you want to add? Because this is, this is a pretty broad topic. Death of a God, what happens next? And so with that, we had a bunch of awesome ideas. But the one that I want to highlight is from DM Caleb, who murdered, if you will, Elona the Great Huntress. And I think I was drawn to this one because I love the Tarasque. And apparently the Tarasque in this version has evolved to actually be able to kill deities. You know, and if you think about like this amazing creature and you know, and oftentimes the power of gods or gods themselves steps in to defeat it. But over time, because the Tarrasque keeps coming back, it has evolved to be able to fight them. You know, as you can imagine, swallowed whole, only to find out that the Tarrasque has now evolved into being able to consume divinity, which is mortifying to me. Um, and also, Bokob had essentially said to Elona, like, watch out. Something's going on. You really should hold out on the hunt. We need to figure this out. They said, no, I got this. And now, unfortunately, the Tarasque is in charge of their portfolio. So they're in charge of, let's make sure, of nature, the hunt, and beasts. And so the beasts and flora and fauna the world over have started to become more feral and just, you know, bigger as well because the Tarrasque is now in control of that which is absolutely amazing and they also said that no because of the way it's been consumed that the deity cannot come back but other gods are starting to work together to try and you know get that portfolio away from the Tarrasque because that's probably a great idea for you know the world at large any thoughts on that one so I'm absolutely terrified now. I have seen... So I have a copy of John Arcadian's book all about the Tarrasque and different ways to have a Tarrasque and different flavors of it and all these alternative Tarrasques. And I don't think any of them mentions consuming divinity in there. I could be wrong, but that's crazy. Imagine a Tarrasque and now it's also a god. 
like all these crazy things in D&D that are like the epitome of what is the the most ridiculous thing you're going to do in this game would be kill a god or kill a Tarask. And now you got to do both. Dear John, Arcadian, please don't listen to this episode because I don't want to fight that. <laughs> Simple as that. Oh, nah, yep, nope. Terrified of the ideas that John Arcadian will have after potentially hearing this. But with that out of the way, which one from the forums did you want to highlight? So I really liked the post by Oodles. Zero zero DLEZ. Uh, and he actually took somebody else's, somebody else, Tesla Ranger, came up with this god, Nam the Great Witch, who is the god of destiny. And he killed off Tesla Ranger's god, pretty much. And he wrote this crazy backstory about an emperor who gets, like, Defeat like all his forces die because Nam had a hand in the destiny of the way the world is working. And it's an amazing backstory. You should look in the forums and read it, but it's too long really to talk about now. Uh, so basically this emperor is mad at Nam and he gets all these people together and decides they're going to kill Nam because he hates her because she defied his wishes, even though she's a god and he creates this cult that go that be, basically becomes a spear against her and they capture her, they imprison her and then they hang her with a rope of lies which is a rope weaved from shadow and magically etched with all the lies ever told by the great witch which I thought was just a crazy way for a god to die oh that's cool and then what forces he just talked about Nam's chosen were people that tried to help save her but the this Guy's plans were too powerful. And just even just to go back, basically she is the god of death and destiny. And she controls things from the shadows. If you've ever read The Wheel of Time, she reminds me of the spider, who's another woman who basically subtly manipulates all these different things to create the outcomes she wants without actually ever directly confronting anything. And it she's this chaotic evil god who... Sets into motion all these things to create great empires or destroy people or do all these things. Basically playing around with the world. And uh, it's unclear, he writes, exactly what happens to Nam's portfolio. Because how do you, like, if you can't see the future, how do you know if destiny's changed or not? Mm. And then uh, the... Best part of this that I like is for the part, can they come back? If so, how? If not, why not? And it's, what if her, she's not really dead, and that was also one of her schemes, was faking her own death. Oh. As a subtle manipulation. Good. Well played, Oodles. Well played. I don't even know really know what to do with all of that. That's super good. Right? And, I, and the twist at the end got me. All right, but that means with both of those out of the way, we're going to start lifting the mental weights right now. Let's lift those weights. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. All right, let's kill a god. Who are you killing? I'm going to kill one that I made quite a while back. So we are going to kill Zamu Logo. 
It was a chaotic good of nature, knowledge, travel, pathways, and roads. So the idea I had was that someone wants that portfolio specifically. Maybe the land is starting to be more fruitful, more commerce going here, there, everywhere. Mm -hmm. So some wealthy business owner has figured out that if they can essentially manipulate who is obtaining this portfolio, they can in turn gain more money because with nature involved, they could also create, you know, and essentially shift where roads go mm-hmm. or make them harder you know, and create certain things that people have to get through. So maybe you have tolls that are implemented. So I also like the idea of them somehow scheming and having Zamu logo get lost. So they're not necessarily dead, but they're just lost on this like endless journey. And okay. they you know, somehow they've twisted twisted their perception and like they've just like kind of faded away and are on this journey that they won't come back from and this their portfolio is there and available and has been taken over by maybe this person this human maybe has elevated themselves to a demigod mm-hmm. by essentially stealing the power from Zamu Logo. Ooh. I like this a lot because it like this is a real motivation somebody would have. I really like the idea of taking over for a god not because you're seeking like absolute power from this god, but like your motivations are so much more realistic than that. You're just you want more money. You want this very human thing. And in order to do that, you're going to take power from a god. Like, yeah. This this, this guy's no joke. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to kill off one of the gods I made up from my world. And his name is Krom. He's a true neutral god. He's the god of death. And he's the god of balance. And... I'm going to read these out of order because it's kind of a nice twist at the end. Uh, so his the immediate fallout of his death is that there's no more death. Uh, balance is lost in the world. Uh, bacteria are growing out of control because nothing's dying. Uh, the world becomes covered with bugs and rodents and all these things that grow really fast. And it becomes covered to the point where you can't see the ground and then more so. Like, it's just all these things building up because nothing's dying. Like, things just grow and grow. And the world just becomes more unbalanced. And, and people probably die off really quick because this probably starts slow. It takes a couple months. There's plagues everywhere as things just grow out of control. And then all the resources get used up, but nothing's dying. So everything's just sitting in this, like, perpetual state of not moving because there's no more energy. And all their souls are trapped just where their bodies lie because nothing can die. So even if, like, dying in my world is like, uh, the, your brain has to actually tell you you're dead. It's not just reactions in your body stopping. It's your soul leaves the body and goes wherever it goes. It goes to the next place that death sends it. Um, and so the next part, what happens to their portfolio now? So... Basically, nothing's dying, but stuff can still be destroyed. So the god of fire tries to burn away all these things, but it just, like, exacerbates the problem. Like, the burning up 
also burns up the resources. So you, the resources run out faster. And then he's left with the choice of leaving this world of everything. So many bacteria and bugs and stuff just piled on top of each other, dead and not moving. Not dead, but like not moving and still alive. Or this world of just ash because he burned it all away. So basically at the end, you're left with a world of emptiness and nothing moving. The last part is whether death can come back or not, whether Krom can come back. He can't because the only one with the keys to the door of death is death. And death only opens from this side. Uh So there's no way to get back. And the world enters a state of chaos and eventually destroys itself because... It's out of balance, and there's no more death. And my favorite part that I wrote is, who or what killed him? So, Krom fell in love with a woman, and she died. And so, he killed himself so his soul could go and be with her forever. (gasps) Krom! How could you? All for love. All for love. So, even though he's the god of balance... He weighed her soul against all the other living souls and all the future souls that would be, and he still chose to go be with her. That is awesome. So, how about we kill a pair of gods together? Yeah? Are you ready? So on the forums, Rorik, who helps make the gymnastics now, because they are an amazing human, and I appreciate them beyond reason... Uh, for the help that they've been giving on creating gymnastics, But long ago, they created the Lightning Twins, Rin and Yak. So I have an idea, and I want to kind of work through it together. Mm-hmm. What if we killed only one of them? Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, how interesting and terrifying is that for the other? And, like, how angry? <laughs> how angry are they? So you killed one twin. So there's these two guys that shared... Is it just the power of lightning, or is it that they have a lot? Uh, so they have weather, lightning, chaos, and luck. Okay, so you just killed the twin brother of the guy who controls all the weather and all the lightning and all the luck in the world. And so I like the idea of stealing chaos and luck in this process because of how much harder that would make, you know, yeah. Whoever we choose to, how much harder it would be to catch them because now they have chaos and luck in their portfolio. Okay. So take me through. What are you like? Are you imagining a story where the other brother goes to kill the murderer? Or are you, what are you picturing? I don't know. So, so the answer is yes, but I would only just assume that was the only answer. But I immediately thought of another answer of like, what if it's, I don't so would this be cool? What if it's like they took over that role, but like now they're the twin brother with this other deity? Like it's not necessarily like this bloodline, but like they're twin brothers because they are Rin and Yak, the lightning twins. Like it's not. Oh, okay. So he, he by killing his brother... He be, like ascends to become his brother. Yeah. And then do the brothers still kill each other? I don't think so. I mean, I, I had assumed so, but I really like the idea of like, oh, now I want it to be sadder. Like, what yeah. if, what if like one of them passed away? Like they, you know, they were trying to save something and they died. And like, there's this power vacuum, but like there has to be two. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be a pair 
And so the power shifts to the man that killed him. So it's now his brother who he needs to love, but hates because he killed his old brother. Oh, but I mean, what if that's even more of the twist, though, is that the person that kills the other brother didn't know that in doing so they become that brother. Yeah. And like now they're not even like they're not a bad guy anymore. They're it's just... like it's like the whole Harry Potter prophecy. Neither can live while the other survives. Like, mm-hmm. like you need he needs him like because his power needs to be shared, but he hates him. Yep. I lo- I really like this because you don't get a lot of stories where the god is the victim. Yeah. It's like, what does a god do when he's left without options? Well, yeah, and I like the idea of maybe maybe the you know, and if you if you will, the original surviving twin is seeking out the players to essentially find someone to kill this other deity so that they don't have to share the the power and responsibility and whatever choices that other person is making that they disagree with. Ooh, I like that a lot. This man killed my brother, but he's my brother now, so I can't kill him. So I need yep. you to become my brother and kill this person. That's it. We'll leave it right there because I think we've done it once again. And if you have an idea about how you can kill God and you want to share it with us, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or head on over to Twitter where you can follow us at dmnastics where you can catch all of the daily mental exercises that we put up there. And for everything else on the network, you can always go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And with that, let's head to the post-workout cool-down and stretch with the light bulb. Light bulb. So today on the light bulb, I am not alone because I get scared when I'm alone. But I have a special guest who will introduce themselves. Hey, this is Matt Keel. I'm from Detention of the Dragons, the best podcast in the world, and I'm here on Diamnastics. Why am I here? Yes, because we're going to talk about something that can add a little extra to your gaming sessions. And what would that thing be? Well, here's what I feel is very important for setting a good campaign atmosphere. Yes. We spend a lot of time to create a rich narrative. You come to a game, you have your maps all made, you have your DM screen, you have your fancy dice. Maybe it's a special day for a particularly interesting encounter. But what about the senses? What about the senses? True. And we've talked about adding speakers and sounds and just the general atmosphere, but I feel like there's more. There's more we could do. Well, last time I checked, there were five senses, so maybe we can explore a way to enhance your game with a different sense. (gasps) Which one? It's smell. That's right. Yes. And so we're going to be talking about cantrip candles. Specifically, there are other places that make candles that essentially add more atmosphere to your game through smell. Yeah. Again, I think an underutilized kind of aspect of any D&D campaign is smell. But if you're already going the distance to create this environment, why not also add some smells? Now, with Cantrip Candles, they are a producer of different candles that have smells that are theme-appropriate. Yeah, and I, each candle, I 
I'm probably going to be wrong, but it looks like the top of them also have some maps on them. So, and I believe those maps are done by Dyson Locos. Uh, if not, I apologize. Uh, but what are some of the ones that stand out to you that we should let the listeners know about finding and putting in their game? Well, now I think the first one that I would buy if I was new to this endeavor of smells in your game is Adventurer's Bounty. Now, imagine that your characters finally make it to the treasure hoard of a dungeon, and what do they see? Oh, yes, all this glimmering jewels, but what about this smell? Yes, Adventurer's Bounty has the smell of amber, leather, and copper. So these these rich, vibrant smells to enhance your game. Yeah, and the candles themselves last for a really long time. And off air, we were actually commenting on there's specific advice how to get the most out of it, which from like a business perspective, I mean, they clearly want you to use their product and as much as you possibly can. I mean, I don't know how much time you're going to spend in the Adventurer's Bounty, but you could certainly spend a lot of time in the dungeon depths, which smell like dust, stone, and water. You know, I think that's really convenient because I know a lot of us sometimes postulate the idea, hey, let's trash our own house. Let's, you know, build up mold so we can have that authentic dungeon experience. But now you could just buy a candle and now your house can like temporarily smell like a dungeon. It it is good. It definitely saves a lot of time. Sorry, guys. Um, it was, it wasn't quite humid enough. We can't play this week. I, there's nowhere near enough mold in my house. I don't have to say that anymore. Instead, I can get one of these candles. Yeah. Now say you're a little skeptical. Maybe you want to take a, like a, maybe a more subtle approach to adding smell to your campaign. Why not go with the Sweet Fig Farm? Now the Sweet Fig Farm Smells like figs, citrus, fig, and berry. And here's the thing. If you only play D&D once a month, you could still make your house smell pretty good if you have this candle. Done. That is that is the way to do it. And who knows? After like a six to eight hour session of D&D, you might want to light a candle. Well, I mean, you know, things can get pretty intense. People can get pretty sweaty, especially if you have a very emotional campaign. Yes. So I think that's all we have for the light bulb today. And in a way, maybe it's just the candle for today. But if you want to hear more from me, you know where to find me. But if you want to hear more from Matt, where could they go to hear more? You can listen to Detentions of Dragons on this podcast network. That's right. We're here and we're awesome. Yes. But yeah. And with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But above all that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums, take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all of the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to the dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some theamnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? Can I trust you will add your own cardio? Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio. What are you doing? Horizontal running. <laughs>